0: Catholic Radio in Metro Detroit, this is 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit. or on the Internet at WDEO.net.
1: Ave Maria Radio presents Power from the Pews, a show spotlighting the dynamic activities of committed Catholic laity whose ministries are making a real difference in their parishes and society. And now, here's your host, Peggy Stanton. When I was growing up, one of the most popular shows on secular television was hosted by a Catholic bishop in full clerical regalia. His program, called Life is Worth Living, was on NBC and regularly beat celebrity comedian Milton Berle's show, which aired on a different network at the same time. Can you imagine or envision any bishop hosting on any network other than EWTN or the Catholic Channel in today's America? Who was this amazing clergyman, and what does he have to say to today's America? My guest, Al Smith, who is a writer, author, speaker, and popular radio host in Canada, been on the air for 20 years, has put together a beautiful anthology of this man's writings on prayer, appropriately called, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. I love this book, and I strongly urge you to place it on the top of your Lenten reading list. It's put out by Sophia Institute Press. Welcome, Al. By now, I suspect my listeners have figured out whom I have been talking about. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, now venerable Fulton Sheen, and hopefully on his way to beatification. But, Al, since our subject is prayer, how about we begin the discussion with a prayer? And would you like to lead us?
0: Absolutely. I I enjoy that very much. You know, uh, Fulton Sheen had a great love for the Blessed Virgin Mary, and you look at any of his writings, and when he would speak to his audiences, he would always point to her to say, Our Lord was very wise when at the foot of the cross she was there, and he gave us her to be our mother. And um, I think we don't appreciate that gift enough. And so uh, I always try to bring people to that uh, beautiful relationship that he's proposing to us to have with her. So we'll begin our program with the Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the, the Son, Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, Hail Mary full, of, full of grace, the, the Lord is with, with thee. Blessed, Blessed
1: art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit is the of, thy womb, of Jesus. thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of, Mother of God, pray for us sinners,
0: for sinners now, now and at the
1: hour of our death. Of our Amen. Amen.
0: Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Amen. and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Al. Can't start better than that, right? And then we can call on her spouse, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. <laughs> yes yes let's talk a little bit about archbishop sheen you're an expert on that subject you've talked about it in parishes and seminaries and all over the country and the world right and let's uh, examine for people who are uh, younger and not familiar of his impact about his remarkable remarkable influence on america in the 20th century
0: well, I think what I try to say to people is that always remember that Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen was a priest at heart. He had this large congregation that he knew of and he really just wanted to tend to souls. And when you look at his body of work, he was always trying to engage himself as best he could for 20 years he was on the radio as the host of the catholic hour and he was reaching audiences in the millions on the catholic hour both catholic and protestant alike and so people started to get to know him and trust him
1: what network was that with the catholic hour was that a secular network too no
0: no, i think i think i always see pictures of him with uh, NBC Radio Mike, and mm-hmm. um I know that the station was very much uh, like many cities today. They're connected, so mm-hmm. it would go out to 140 syndicated radio stations mm-hmm. that would air it across America and to Canada, too. So, again, it was about four or five million. They kind of estimated that his audience was always growing in size, but in its height was four to five million per wow. So Wow. Uh, he was touching so many. And what was also beautiful was is that he would always invite people to say, if you'd like a transcript of today's broadcast, mm-hmm. please write into the station and we'll send you a copy. Mm-hmm. And what Fulton Sheen did also was every year he would produce a book, which was a compilation or a collection of his sermons for that year. Is that
1: why he had 90-some books?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. He knew that people would listen to him. They would read the bite-sized pieces of his, of his homilies and then would read the whole collection. And so some of his bestsellers are really just his audio presentations put into print and to repackage in a book form. So all of those books that you saw, especially in the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. were his radio addresses.
1: Ah, yeah. that makes it sound a little more doable when I heard he'd
0: written 90 books. Oh, my Lord. No. <laughs> and so this was just the beginning so he started on radio and he had this large audience and then he spent many years on television and there was 30 million people that would tune in to his weekly show and he touched again the hearts of Catholics Protestants Jews he everybody him. everybody but one thing that people forget is that he had a 30-year newspaper column like from 1949 to 1979 Bishop Sheen wrote a weekly column in a number of newspapers. It was syndicated, and again, thirty years, you know, everyone would read his column. Were those
1: so, were those Catholic newspapers?
0: No, these were the major newspapers. So really, people would read. Uh, you know, they'd read Ann Landers and they yeah. Bishop, <laughs> Bishop Sheen. So he was a master communicator. Radio, television, print, newspapers, okay. like. He was there, I want to spread the gospel. I want to help people. That slogan, your life is worth living. Right. He right. meant it. He meant it. So yeah. again, being someone who's read his body of work, I see the pattern. I see his genius. What was that? The gospel. Well, he um, just—I always say—he repeated himself many times. But what he was repeating was that great love story: that God so loved the world, He took on human flesh, Mm -hmm. became man, and died for us on the cross for our sins. That's the great love story. And you could tell he was like had a a Cheshire cat smile because (laughs) yes, he did. (laughs) He knew, and he says, "You want the joy I have? Believe in this story." Believe we'll in this story mm-hmm. that god came to this world to save us and it's amazing and i think that's why so many people converted to the faith especially in the 50s because of his message that you
1: He had some pretty famous converts too didn't he? He did. He did. And who were they? The name of few. Um a uh, Claire Booth, Claire Car- Booth. <laughs> Claire Claire Booth Loose. Yeah, famous. Uh, well, she was a congresswoman. She was an ambassador, and she was a playwright. She wrote the famous play, *The Women*. Did he also convert her husband, Henry Luce, who was the um, publisher of *Time* magazine?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure on that, but I think if you checked the record, he has tens of thousands of souls to his record, and you can't really complain with that. I always think even in my own family, my father is a convert because of Fulton Sheen. Oh, really? And uh, Yes. And, Just uh,
1: listening to him on the air, or uh, how was that? that yeah. How did that come about?
0: I'm- My father was a Seventh-day Adventist, and my father was thinking of entering into the ministry. And so he had a keen ear for anybody that was preaching the gospel. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He shared with me that he would say, I would go to my leaders in the church, and I would ask the hard questions about Scripture. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have an answer. But Fulton Sheen had an answer to every question. And again, the church has an answer to all the scriptures. So mm. I think the fact that he never drops the ball, he yeah. trusted Fulton Sheen and the Catholic Church. And so in 1957, he converted. Mm. And I'm grateful to Fulton Sheen for my dad's conversion. So he's just one of many people that came to the faith because of Sheen's witness. So again, we are blessed. We're blessed.
1: Well, another part of his witness in a way just looking at him those remarkable eyes he had
0: mm-hmm. yes and people had said that he had eyes that pierced your soul that's and, right <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that's a common comment that people make is that they say he look in he looked into our souls yeah and i think that's why he was so convincing is that we knew oh and I share with people when I give these talks and parishes mm-hmm. that Fulton Sheen was the first priest to stir my soul to feel a little bit of guilt for my sin, that my sin came at a price, that he died on the cross for my sin, mm-hmm. and I wounded his mother's heart, that I caused her some grief. And so that little guilt, they want to call it, was instrumental in putting me on a path to share These messages with the world as best I could from my little humble hamlet in Canada. But uh, the Lord has put me on the world stage so many times because of this love I have for sharing Sheen's writing. So he is infectious, and uh, I want to spread that as best I can, that beautiful wisdom.
1: Right. Were you touched by reading what he wrote, or were you touched by seeing a a, tele, a rerun of a television show that he did, or
0: or both? Well, for me, I, again, I tell people honestly, I never experienced any of Fulton Sheen as a child or as a young man. I found him in 2009, mm. which was just 10 years ago, and it was reading his book, a Victory Over Vice, that I came to this awareness that there was an answer to the seven deadly sins. Uh, Mm -hmm. The antidote was found in the seven last words from the cross. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my wife read a Fulton Sheen book that she spoke so highly of. It was called Peace of Soul. Mm -hmm. And the very first line of that book is simply, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And it's that language that caught my attention. Hmm. Talks about saving souls anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it was refreshing and so I knew I trusted that name. Mm-hmm. Um and of course my parents then spoke highly of his radio addresses, mm-hmm. his television show. Again I missed all of that, but it was just those few books at the beginning that
1: But of course now uh, you can see it on EWTN, they have his yeah. shows regularly.
0: Yeah, and I'll go to YouTube and there's a hundred, you know, YouTube videos, presentations mm. that have been posted. So, uh, there's lots of Sheen on the internet especially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was, it was his books. It was his books that touched my soul and stirred my heart to that point where I thought, I need to share this with the world. And I've been blessed in that I sit on the board of directors with the Sheen Foundation in mm-hmm. the, in Peoria, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And one of the missions that we do is to reintroduce Fulton Sheen to a whole new generation. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're so passionate in republishing these lost works. Um, A lot of this material hasn't been seen in 75 and 80 years. Um, The little Holy Hour booklet Mm -hmm. was produced in 1944. And, again, it was a lost treasure. The other booklets were in the early 40s. And... um, It's one of these things where people are saying, where did you find these treasures? Well, they've been in libraries, they've been on people's shelves, but they didn't go into the landfill, thanks be to God.
1: How long did (laughs) it it take you to find them all and, and decide which ones to use?
0: Well, I mean, the Holy Spirit was guiding me on that, and I like to say, you know, when I pray my holy hour, and I try to uh, do that as often as I can, not to miss, but um, I would ask, you know, <laughs> Archbishop Sheen, I said, can you coach me on this? And for whatever reason, those little prayer books would end up in my mailbox or end up somewhere, and, um, you know, I put them in the order that he produced them, mm-hmm. you know, a, a parish priest presents homilies in a very systematic way. He uh, guides us on a catechesis. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for me to do that. So the first chapter, which talks about the Our Father and the Seven Last Words, Mm -hmm. was his presentation in 1935. And then the second chapter, which talks about Calvary and the Mass, was his writings from 1936. And
1: that's a remarkable chapter. though. the uh, the insights on the Mass are so illuminating. Uh, I would urge all the laity to really get the book just to read that, because really, the, there's just. Um, if people fully realized what is going on in the mass, and I think Fulton Sheen really brings that home, mm-hmm. uh, no one would consider it a duty to go to mass. They would realize what a privilege it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what Fulton Sheen did is that he he explained the mass in that it truly is a representation of Calvary. Yeah. So now, when you come to that part of the mass, when you say you're sorry. Uh, we many know it as the confidior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that beautiful word, Father, forgive. Mm-hmm. Father, forgive. They don't know what they're doing. We think of that, pa- or the mass, the offertory, when we put ourselves on the pageant. We become the little cross and mm-hmm. adding it to the Lord's big cross. And that was the good thief. He was mm-hmm. offering himself up. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, I look at the offertory it's different now.
1: Yeah, of, you really don't think of that. I mean, until really this was presented that I think about our really presenting ourselves as an offering. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Now the part of the mass, the holy, holy, holy. Like Fulton Sheen gives us the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. woman beholds your son, and you can't become holy without her. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, know, you can, you can try. You can try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You come back to her, and so when I come to that part of the mass, I think of the Blessed Virgin Mary and God's gift that He gives us her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so through that whole chapter of you know, the seven last words in the mass. The mass comes alive, and Calvary Mm -hmm. is truly represented. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful.
1: It really is. It really is. The um, chapter that was quite long in the book is one of my favorites because um, I try to do a daily holy hour, and um, I don't remember why I started doing that and I'm not quite sure where the inspiration came from. Maybe it was from Fulton Sheen. Part of it was definitely from Medjugorje. But in that chapter, Archbishop Sheen lists ten reasons to make a holy hour. Can you kind of summarize those? Uh, I mean, just go through them quickly and tell us what those ten reasons are.
0: Absolutely. I think what Fulton Sheen did, which was so beautiful, was he, you know, gave us no excuses. You know when you try to run away from something? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Let's, let's, yeah, let's think about this. I've been mm-hmm. asking you to make a holy hour, so let me give you these reasons. So, mm-hmm. and it's funny, even today, um, on Catholic Exchange Magazine, again, like Sophia Institute Press has a, a digital magazine, and that article on the 10 reasons to make a holy hour mm-hmm. is actually there. So yes that up to mm-hmm. catholic exchange magazine and uh so the ten reasons the first reason is simply it's the lord <laughs> okay yeah Spend time with the lord okay so um if it told people jesus christ is here today mm-hmm. come see him yeah the reason alone because it is the lord so we would go of the eucharistic lord the, reason, the eucharist yeah. yes yes okay and then so the second reason he gives is that you know In our busy lives, we need to shake off, he calls it, the noonday devils or, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the weight of the world. And it's a time to just come and be in his presence, to just uh, let go of your worries and your concerns. And I think everybody's looking for that. Everybody's looking for an opportunity to de-stress, to, you know, kind of have their burdens lifted. And people will share that that happens when they spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament with the Lord. So, again, that's the second reason. The third reason is that our Lord requested, he said in sacred scripture, could you not spend an hour with me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was, he was scolding his apostles right. for falling asleep on the job. Right,
1: but, right. <laughs> I always worry about that, Al, because I <laughs> I bet you I would have been one of those not not meaning to just fall asleep because I was pooped.
0: <laughs> I know. But the Lord, it's like you're in the doctor's office. It's okay to relax in the the waiting room sometimes. (laughs) I call it resting in the Lord. (laughs) Resting in the Lord, absolutely. And uh, so many of us have, uh, I guess, dozed off, I think, sometimes Mm. in our holy hours. Yes. But uh, the fourth reason he gives us is that he wants to, gave us this balance between the spiritual and the practical. And, and I think we need more of that. We need to have that balance. And so mm-hmm. people will, sh- will share that that's, they come out of you know, the Adoration Chapel with their heads clear. They they seem to have purpose and right meaning to their lives and because, again, that balance is established. So, again, that's important. But uh, one of the other reasons he gives, the fifth reason, is that we need to practice what we preach if i'm going to go into parishes and give reflections i need to not just talk the talk i need to walk the walk and Mm -hmm. you know we share our love for the lord and Mm -hmm. you know you've witnessed i've witnessed to say to people try it spend time with the lord Mm -hmm. go into a church and just sit there for five ten minutes and you'll be amazed at the calm that comes over you
1: Mm -hmm. people Sure. It's really true. You might go in there feeling irritated and not really wanting to be there. You wish you were home in bed or something else. And, but you never, never leave the church that you aren't so happy you came and feel more at mm-hmm. peace.
0: Yes, yes. One of the other reasons that I think you know, is kind of overlooked a lot of times is that Fulton Sheen was asking us to be encouraged to make reparation. Mm -hmm. That's one one reason, that we go to the holy hour to offer up this petition, but also to make reparation. I mean, we have this huge debt that we have incurred Mm -hmm. with our sin, and yet to be in his presence, to ask for his mercy, and to make reparation not only for our own sins, but the sins of our family members Mm -hmm. and the world, is a great, um, I want to say, testimony to us loving our enemies and mm-hmm. doing good and and making restitution. So uh, we don't make enough reparation. We don't even talk that language anymore, it seems, of making reparation. No, we don't. And, uh, we don't. I had the privilege of going to the library where Fulton Sheen's, many of his notes were mm-hmm. in Rochester. His handwritten notes on some of his homilies and he would always make a point of to the audience's attention, the need to make reparation, hmm. the need to make reparation. I mean, the power of the mass in that it basically is this way of bringing graces down to the earth hmm. to help us. And, mm-hmm. um, again, the Lord takes away our sin. And, um, but, again, that, that terminology of making reparation is so important to have that brought back. And Fulton Sheen makes that very clear as one of the Greeks make the Holy art.
1: Well, when you think of the need for reparation, uh, because God has been mightily, mightily and ongoing uh, offended by the horrible sins that we have committed,
0: Mm -hmm. the whole world (laughs) has committed. Yeah, and I think, again, uh, you are glad that you spent that time because we can never repay the debt. Like, we can never Mm -hmm. pay it off. It's like the Lord, you know, uh, wiping the debt of the one servant, but you can never pay it off. No. So at least let's try. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Now, another one of the points, and I want to cover all ten if I could, is that it reduces our liability to temptation and weakness. And Mm. I know if I visit a good friend every day, you know, I'm going to leave there and try to be, you know, carry that uh, into my my work day and my mm-hmm. life. It's that whole thing of when you're in the presence of God, He has an effect on you. He really, you could say, He rubs off on you. And, <laughs> uh, and again, that's going to help me with my temptation and weakness because I'm called to serve Him, mm-hmm. I'm called to give my life to Him. But do I want to betray Him? And the answer is no. But the more time I spend with Him the more I'm willing to amend my life and try to be on my best behavior. So uh, that's very important, that it does reduce the liability to temptation and weakness.
1: Mm, I think that's huge. And uh, he mentions in there it's like a barrier between temptation and evil. The holy hour is like a barrier surrounding us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that uh, one of the other reasons he gives is that it isn't really a personal prayer. I'm lost when I don't have my holy hour. It's like, kinda like I'm missing a meal almost in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is why- Do you do it every day, Al? I try to. I try Mm -hmm. to. I think I, I, because I live in a sleepy village, we have, you know, one Catholic church, but there is a chapel that's available through the day to visit. Mm So, you know, from regular business hours, the chapel is there. Mm -hmm. And so I sneak into that beautiful little chapel, but we don't have a perpetual adoration chapel in my village. But
1: uh, But he's still there. He's just uh, behind the closed door, but he's there.
0: Yes, that's true. But you make that effort, and, you know, it's a personal prayer. And Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, you know, his homilies were all written in front of the Blessed Sacrament. His books, his notes, you knew he was getting his notes. From the board directly.
1: <laughs> it, <laughs> from the
0: boss. It, it, the editor-in-chief, it, I call him. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, he died in front of the Blessed Sacrament when they found him. He had his own little chapel in his apartment, and uh, they found him in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Oh, no, I never heard that. Yeah, That's fascinating. That was, uh, back in December, uh, December eighth, nineteen 1979. So he had just when... kind of slipped off to sleep. Yep. Well, he um you know, he prayed uh, a great deal. Uh he had a heart problem. I mean, he had a heart condition, you know, at the end of his life. I mean, it mm-hmm. was his cross. He never mm-hmm. for the last 10 years of his life, he never really had, you know, perfect health, that's for sure. And uh his heart, I think was his his little cross. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was a big cross, too. And again, his heart failed in the end. And um but he died in the presence of the blessed sacrament. In the shadow of the cross, and so very fitting that he was at his station uh, when the Lord called him to his eternal reward. So can't think uh, of a better
1: place to be, huh? Uh You know, we only have a, about a minute left, Al. Okay. Did, did we cover all the ten? I don't think we well, did.
0: Yeah, we. So I think we covered eight, but um you know, maybe you'll have me back on your show again. <laughs> okay. Oh yes, I did. We're just scratching the surface here.
1: I know, I know. Half an hour is not enough to discuss Fulton Sheen. But let's tell everybody how they can order the book, Al.
0: Sophia Institute Press is the publisher of the book, and they can be found on the web at sophiainstitute.com. And so they can always just do a Google search, and Lord Teaches to Pray, Fulton Sheen, and the Sophia Institute Press website will come up. So uh, they are the publisher, and they have that book plus other beautiful fine Catholic books uh, for your enjoyment. So sophiainstitute.com is their website.
1: I strongly urge, as I said earlier in the show, I strongly urge all of you to get the book. You'll come out of Lent 2020 much closer to the Lord if you do. Al Smith, editor of a wonderful anthology of Archbishop Fulton Sheen's writings, Lord, teach us to pray. Thank you so much for being with us, Al. Join us next week on Power from the Pews.